I don't know if anyone's noticed, but I haven't been doing introductions to this podcast anymore. And if you remember, I always thought the introduction was awkward. And I think I like it without an introduction. Like, does this really need an introduction? Do I really need to start this off and say, welcome back to the Chatty Chick Podcast? No, I'm not. I'm not doing that anymore. So we're we're just going to jump right into it every single time. I am interested though. Did any of you notice that? I'll make a poll. If you're on Spotify, you'll be able to answer the poll. Let me know. Um, I have so much to talk about today. So much. I actually have a list on my phone of things that I want to talk about today. So I'm I'm not going to waste any time. We're just going to jump right into it. The first one and arguably the least important topic is my nails. I got my fake nails off. I don't know how people have fake nails for long periods of time. Like, I know girls who don't take breaks ever, who have had an acrylic set for years and years and years at a time. I love an acrylic set moment, okay? I love a long nail moment. I really do. And I even like, like, the really long nails. I really, really do. Genuinely. Truly. But I get so sick of it. Eventually, I want them off. I want them off desperately. Like, I need them off of me. Sorry, my heater was on and I heard it in the background, so I had to go turn it off. But anyways, back to the nails. I got my nails off and I... Listen, y'all know my nail girl is fucking amazing. So, she took my nails off and was able to save all of my length. Like, I could keep all of it. And I didn't. I had her trim it down because in my mind, I was going to have lesbian nails as I like to call them I was gonna have no nail length like I was gonna have little nubs and I was ready for that I wanted that sometimes I like a nub moment okay I love a long nail but I also love a nub I like both what am I call why am I calling it a nub like <laughs> why can't I think of a better word a nub that's what I'm gonna call that's what I'm gonna refer to what my hands look like right now nubs anyway <laughs> um I have nubs for hands I can't. I can't. Um, oh my god. Any whore. In my brain, I was gonna have these really short nails, right? And Sarah was like, we can keep all of this length if you want it. And I was like, no, cut it down a little bit. So she did, and she made them square. And I tried to like them. I tried to like them. I kept telling myself, they look so good. You can do so much with this. Keep this length. Don't cut them off. Why would you cut them off? Sarah took such good care of your nails that you have this natural length to them now. Why would you ruin that? Don't do it. That lasted for like about a week and then I took my clippers to them. I I had to, okay? I had to. I just had a vision in my brain that I was going to have nubs and when I left and I didn't have nubs, it wasn't giving what I wanted it to give. Like I wanted nubs. I wanted the lesbian... (laughs) I was trying to think of a clever name. There isn't one, but I I just wanted nubs, okay? I wanted nubs. Sue me. So I cut all that length off that I worked so hard for, that Sarah worked so hard for. I sure did. And I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. I'm living for the nubs. I'm obsessed with them, okay? I need a break from the acrylics. It's been two months almost. Has it's been It's been more than two months. It was a little, like a, two months in a week. That's a long time for me to have acrylics on. And I loved every second of it. Sarah absolutely fucking killed it, but I need a break, all right? I'm tired. Next thing that I want to talk about is work. 
I had a really, really, really amazing week at work last week. I made good money. I didn't have to work a lot. It was chef's kiss. I loved every second of it. And I'm not going to lie. I try really hard not to be super negative, especially about work ever, really. Not even just on this podcast, but just in general, because as you know, so much of my life, I hated every job I ever had and I never thought that I would have a job that I enjoyed and I genuinely enjoy doing hair. I don't dread it. I don't hate any part of it. I enjoy it. And so it's hard for me to be negative about it in any way because I couldn't be luckier and I know that. I know that. So I don't want to bitch about it because not only do I get to be an apprentice and not go to school, every time I say that word, I'm like, it doesn't sound right on my tongue but whatever. Um, not only do I not have to go to school, but I get to make money from it immediately. I get to learn from people who are skilled and doing it every day. I get to go ahead and build my clientele, which if I was in school right now, I wouldn't be doing any of those things. I'd be losing money, paying money to go to school and learn how to do hair, whereas I'm making money learning how to do hair now. Like, I'm just so blessed in this aspect of my life, and I know that, so I don't want to complain about it, but when I started, everybody there, especially Callie, Callie always says this to me, the first two years of doing hair make or break you. And I could not agree with her more. Honestly, I'm not even a full year into it yet. And I feel like I genuinely understand what she means. And it's crazy too, to look back at like even Jordan and like everyone that I know that's gone to cosmetology school or done hair when I relate that to their experience, I feel like it's just so true. And I, I just like, I guess I was just very ignorant to that. I, I didn't really expect it to be as hard as it is, as challenging as it is sometimes. But it, it really is. It really is. And I've had some bad weeks with hair where I really doubt myself and I wonder if I'm doing the right thing and I wonder if I'm any good at it at all and if I'll ever build like a stable clientele and if I'll ever like really make good money off of it and then I have a good week and I'm like oh yeah this is this is what I'm doing this for and it's hard because things have been really slow right now they should pick up around October October to December is usually very busy and then once Christmas hits and after Christmas it's kind of slow again but that's kind of the hard part about having a job that's more entrepreneurial, that's not a word, but you know what I mean, um, where you're kind of your own boss, because I am an independent stylist, technically. I don't work a regular nine to five, and I love that. I don't think I was built to work a nine to five. I don't think that I can. Like, I just really don't feel like that fits me at all. And I, I that's the thing. Whenever I get down about hair, I always remind myself, nothing has fit me. No career, no job has ever fit me as well as this one does. No career has ever given me everything I need the way that this one does. And I know at my core that it's going to take time to feel confident and feel content and to build my clientele. Like, I know all of these things. Um, so that's why I really, like, on my hard weeks, I really try not to let it get me down um, but I'm just feeling very grateful this week. I had a really good week at work. I really did. I made such good money and I didn't even have to work that much. And it was just, 
I really needed that. I really needed that reminder that like I am doing the right thing. I am made for this. Like I am good at this. I really want to do this. I just didn't expect to have this much like doubt and I don't know why because everybody did warn me but I have I, I really have had my moments of like am I doing the right thing even though deep down in my gut I know I am I know that I don't belong anywhere else it's just that self-doubt is always eating alive at me and while we're on this topic can I just also add that I'm still struggling creatively. It's so frustrating. I feel like I am starting to come out of it, but even just like right now with this podcast, I'm definitely going to have to upload this podcast later in the day on Tuesday, and I'm just so sick of doing that. I thought moving it to Tuesday would help, and I really do think it will long term. It's just like I don't ever want to record an episode when I'm not in the mood to record an episode, and not in a diva way, more so in a way of like, when I feel forced to record an episode, like, I have to get it done, I have to record it right now, I have to upload it right now, those ones always suck. I always feel boring, and if you listened to, I think it was last week's episode where I was talking about this, like, I've just had this problem of feeling like everything that I put out and everything that I do and everything that I create is, like, not good and very boring. I just feel like I'm so boring, and I don't know why, because, again, I know I'm not boring. I just feel that way. Like, I don't I don't know. I can't get past it. And I know that nobody really cares. Like, no one really cares if I post this at midnight on Tuesday or if I post it at 5 p.m. Like, no one really gives a fuck. It's just me being hard on myself. And that's, like, the most annoying part about it is, like, I'm beating myself up over something that people literally don't fucking care. No one notices. No one cares. Like, why am I, why can't I let it go? The Virgo in me just cannot let it go. And another really hard aspect about being a creator and sharing space with people is you constantly have to deal <laughs> with other people's shit. Like, it's so frustrating to me when people are coming in and out, which has already happened like twice since I started recording this podcast. Somebody has opened the front door like twice and you can hear it in the background and it just like Again, do those little things matter that much that I just shouldn't create? No, they don't. But the Virgo perfectionist in me is so pissed off by it for no reason. Like, I just can't let it go. And it really is hard to be inspired and creative in a space that you have to share with people. It really is. It really is. Which is going to lead me into my next rant. Look, I promise. I promise I'm not going to rant and bitch this whole entire episode, okay? I promise. I have other things to talk about. I swear I do. But just give me a minute, okay? Let me have my moment. Let me be who I am. At my core, I love to complain. I love to rant. I don't care if someone has it worse. Someone has it better too, okay? Listen to me complain. <laughs> my grandmother is coming to visit again bro a fucking again a fucking again this is the fourth time she has come to visit this year growing up she didn't even visit yearly this is the fourth time this year <laughs> look i know that's so mean i hate even saying that because my grandma on my dad's side she really is a sweetheart she is such a nice person she really really is she really is. And I do love family. I do value family like 
all that. I, I don't want to make it sound like I don't or like she's just so hard to be around because that's not, that's really not it at all. I love her. Don't get me wrong. I love her. Here's why I'm annoyed by this. Part of it is what I was just saying. Like, it's so hard to be creative and to create things when you're surrounded by people. It really takes some isolation, at least in my experience. I need to be alone. I need to be alone. And when my grandma comes to visit, she stays with me. So I don't have five seconds alone. And I feel bad. Like, I don't know. I feel like I have to go up there and I have to entertain her. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Like, especially because she never plans her trips very well. It's always last minute. She's like, oh, I'm going to come this week. So like, I'm not off work. I have to work all week. I have shit to do all week. And when I come home, I don't want to talk to anyone. And I know, boo-hoo, poor you, Jamie. Your life's so hard. Your grandma's alive and wants to spend time with you. Aw, boo-hoo. I know, okay? I know. I know I sound like such a bitch. I know I do. But I need time alone. I go fucking crazy. If I can't just come home and unplug, I will kill myself. I can't do it, okay? I know it's pathetic. It is who I am, though. I will actually cry. I need to calm down. Deep breaths. I'm, like, four times in one year for, like, a long period. It's not like she's been coming down for a couple of days. She's been coming for, like, a week at a time, bro. Like, I just... I can't. I can't. I want to be alone. <laughs> I want to be alone. Oh, and I... I feel like such an asshole saying that. I really do, but, like... It's my truth, okay? Can we just take it as my truth? And another thing that I feel like is important to say here is my dad is extremely religious and so is my grandmother on his side. If you hear me ever on this podcast talking about my grandma and how obsessed with her I am, I'm talking about my grandma on my mom's side. Again, not to say that I don't love my grandma on my dad's side because I do. She's my family and I love her. And she really is a very nice, very sweet, soft-spoken woman. Like, if you knew her, she is not someone I would ever talk poorly about or like want to put that light out there about her because she really truly is a good person. I don't think she's ever in her life done anything with malicious intent ever. Like she is nice, okay? I'm not trying to make her seem like the bad person here. I am the problem and I acknowledge this. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. Um but my grandma on my mom's side, we have a lot in common. We do mediumship together, we meditate together we sage the house together, all that, like, me and her have gotten very, very close as I've gotten older. I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> I'm very obsessed with her, okay? I love her, obsessed with her. And again, it's not to say that I don't love my grandma Helen or that she's a bad person. Like, I really don't want to paint that light about her because I don't feel that way. This may even just be more of a projection thing. Like, I don't know. This could be a me problem. Again, I think it is. But I have a hard time being around extremely religious people the way that my grandmother and my father are extremely religious. And when they're together, it's really brought out. It's what they want to talk about. And listen, again, is this a me problem? Arguably. Arguably, yes. But when my grandma's here, I have to spend a lot of time with my father. 
and I don't want to. (laughs) He's actually my least favorite person to talk about, or to talk about, to talk to, because he always wants to talk about religion and politics, and I don't want to talk about either one of those things. I really don't. I really don't. Like, I wish I could just hang out with him and that not be the top. I don't want to talk about that, especially after a long day of work coming home and talking about that. I'd rather actually fucking die. (laughs) Please, please don't do that to me. (laughs) Like, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I can't do it again. I can't do it again. I know. I know. I know. I know I sound so ungrateful and like, I know, I know, okay? I just can't handle it. And I think especially, like, it's hard when I'm so passionate and on the opposite end of the spectrum. And it's also hard because I am bisexual myself. And so, there are some people that I can be around all the time that genuinely don't drain me, but nothing drains me more than being around people who I know, if they knew me for who I was, would not like me. And it's, I don't think my grandmother knows that I'm bisexual, and I don't really know if my dad knows or not. It's not something that I hide. If they were to blatantly ask me, I would answer honestly. I don't hide this about myself. It's on my social media. It's even on my Facebook. If they just took two seconds to look, they would know. But I think that that factor just makes it worse because it's just, it's hard to know that, like, I can never have a real conversation with you. Like, that's the thing. I don't like small talk and I don't like having to walk on eggshells around people and that's how it feels like being with my father and my grandmother on my dad's side. It's just like... I don't feel like you guys actually love me. That's deep. That's like a hard pill to swallow. And... I don't know if that's a little bit too harsh because, again, like, we're blood and I know how I feel about my family and I would like to think that those feelings are reciprocated, but just because of their beliefs, I don't really know if they are. Like, if you think that I don't deserve rights, if you think that if I fall in love with a woman that I don't deserve to marry her, that's kind of hard to look past. Just me? Like, I don't know. And even beyond that, it's like, everything I do, I feel like they judge my tattoos. I feel like they judge my piercings. I feel like they judge what I wear. Are they actually judging these things? I don't know. They're not, like, explicitly mean. Again, my grandma has never, ever said anything super mean to me, ever. Um, I've never heard her say something super mean to anybody, ever, but it's just, like, the politics and the religion conversations nonstop are so draining and being around people who I don't feel safe with and I don't feel comfortable with as my true self is draining. It's, it's just very, very draining and I feel like I've had to do it so much this year. So much. And it's so frustrating that she's coming right now because I feel like I'm on the brink of getting past this like creative slump that I've been in and I know this is gonna send me back down and I hate that I hate that and again I hate that it's like that but I'm sure everyone out there knows who deals with this too of like having very religious family and not agreeing with their beliefs it's just it causes such a wedge between you and a misunderstanding it's impossible to feel close to people like that and it's hard too because it's like 
they do want to talk about and debate these things. I don't want to debate this with you though. Like, because the thing is with me, and again, I want to get off of this soon. I really do hate talking about shit like this. I really do. And I don't, I don't want this to be the whole podcast episode, but gay rights, trans rights, thinking that people deserve shelter and food and to survive is basic human decency. And I don't care to debate those things with you. I like, it's not a debate to me. I can't explain to you how to have empathy. I can't explain to you why you should care about what happens to other people, even if it doesn't affect you. You either have empathy, have basic human decency, or you don't. I can't explain that to you. I'm getting angry. <laughs> and I don't care to. I don't want to. I don't want to discuss it. I don't want to debate it. I don't want to hear your opinions on it. I really don't. I don't. I don't. Okay, so save it. Save it for somebody else because I don't want to hear it. And we're getting off of this topic right now, immediately. We're leaving it at that because, again, I don't want to talk about this shit. I don't. <laughs> I really fucking don't. All right? All right. Um, okay. We're going to talk about Ethel Kane for like five seconds because she kind of does tie into this plot. Ethel Kane has an album called Preacher's Daughter, and I am late to the game, okay? I know. My friend Ariana has been pushing me to listen to this album, and from what I can understand, I've literally listened to one song, okay? So don't quote me on this. If you, like, love this album, I'm sure this is making you cringe in your boots right now. But from what I understand, this album is about religion and the trauma it gives you when you were indoctrinated your whole entire life and how this trauma is passed down through a bloodline. Brittany Broski, who I also want to talk about on this podcast episode, was talking about this album and dissecting it and it really made me want to go and give it a listen, which pissed Ariana off because again, she's been telling me to listen to it for forever and I can't talk about it too much because I've literally only heard one song. <laughs> that song, I believe, is called Ptolemaeus. I hear people pronouncing the P in it, and I also hear people pronouncing it without it, so, like, I'm confused, but it is spelled P-T-O-L-E-M-A-E-U-S, okay, by Ethel Kane. Um, look it up, listen to it. But actually, first, before you do trigger warning, um, this song was very triggering for me. There's a part in the song where she is basically, okay, let me dissect it just a little bit for you guys, all right? Bear with me. So, there's a verse in this song that goes, what fear a man like you brings upon a woman like me. Please don't look at me. I can see it in your eyes. He keeps looking at me. Tell me, what have I done? And then after that, she's saying stop, asking to make it stop. And this scenario in the song, it's the whole album, I believe, again, I don't know for sure, is very based on biblical teachings and stuff in the Bible. This verse in particular 
is about Isaiah in the Bible attacking Ethel and killing her. And who I like, it gives me chills because again, after those words I just said in the song, Ethel saying, make it stop, make it stop. I've had enough. Stop, stop, stop. And then it ends with her screeching stop at the top of her lungs. Like she's not even singing anymore. She's screaming to stop. And oh my god. It's so good. It's it's very triggering. It's honestly, and I'm not gonna lie to you because I do want you to listen to it, but I also want you to realize that like it is very triggering. And if you've ever experienced abuse in your entire life, that that part of the song might be very triggering for you. The first time I listened to it, it actually made me cry, okay? So, this is your warning that it is very triggering and it's hard to hear the stops. It's really hard to hear, but I think that that is what made me love this song so much. It's just one of those songs that gives me such female rage. It's just like... Sorry, I'm getting choked up. Um so accurate to the fear. Like, I just can't even explain it. The fear in her voice is just like the fear that you always have as a woman that you have to live with, that you have no choice but to deal with day in and day out. And God forbid you know what it's like to be in the situation that Ethel is in this song, Screaming Stop at the Top of Your Lungs. And if you look up the lyrics on Genius which I really think you should. If you're going to listen to this album, this isn't an album that you can just listen to. You need to look at the lyrics. You need to understand it. It's all very symbolic and deep. And honestly, just like way too good for our generation. I don't think anybody appreciates how fucking good this song is. And I'm sure the whole album, but I haven't even gotten there yet. On Genius, though, at this verse, it says, After her final stop... Ethel's voice is drowned out by another male vocalist. This could be an auditory metaphor, a sort of indication that Ethel's fate is already decided. Her fight is nearly over and she is succumbing to Isaiah's abuse. And then the very last stop, the one where she is screaming at the top of her lungs, on Genius, it says, instead of being sung, the final stop is a blood-curdling shriek as if one was being stabbed, possibly representing the moment where Isaiah deals the fatal blow to Ethel. And, oh my god, I have full body chills right now. Um, It's just so good. It's so good. It's like nothing I've heard in such a long, long, long fucking time. And the way that that song makes me feel so enraged. Every time I hear it, it's just like... I completely disassociate when that song comes on. I'm in another planet. I'm on another universe. It's so good. And I'm so excited and also terrified to dive into the rest of the album. Because, like, if that's where we're starting, holy fuck. Like, it's just so good. And if you're not going to listen and you don't care that much, at least just listen to that part of the song for me. Like, I need you to hear the stops hear the scream. I need you to understand what I'm talking about. At least do that for me, okay? Because even just thinking about this song gives me chills. It gives me me chills. It's so fucking good. And again, if you have 
a religious upbringing, if you struggle with religious trauma, you're gonna like this one, all right? This was made for you. This was made with you in mind, and I think you're gonna love it. Moving on to the most lighthearted <laughs> topic, because I fucking need it. I didn't think we were getting that dark. I did not start this thinking I was gonna get that dark today, but here we are. Um, let's change the subject to Brittany Broski, okay? I love fucking Brittany <laughs> Broski. I love her. I love her. It's concerning how much I love her. I have my deepest parasocial relationship yet. And you know what? I was really thinking about this the other day. I think this is why I love Brittany so much. She is me. She is me. And I don't say that lightly. She is me. She is more me than I am myself. The shit she says, the stuff she posts, the shit she says, it's like how I talk to my close friends. She is me if I didn't have a filter. Dead ass. Like, I have never related to somebody more in my life on the internet. That's for fucking sure. Never in my life. I love Brittany Broski. And I actually get personally offended when people tell me that she's annoying or they don't like her. It feels like a jab at myself. Like, that's how much I see myself in her. I'm like, me and you are one in the same, bitch. We really are. And if anyone doesn't like you, I don't like them. Because guess what? If you don't like her, you're definitely not gonna like me. If you don't like her, you don't like who I am on the inside, underneath this filter, underneath this wall. Because underneath this wall, I am her. I am fucking her, bro. If you don't know who Brittany Broski is, I'm sorry. Like, that sucks because I love that funny bitch. I am obsessed with her. I've been listening, like, not listening, watching her podcast. I don't watch any podcasts. I only listen to them. I'm not a visual podcast person at all. It doesn't matter what she fucking posts. I'm watching it. You got me. I'll be sitting here for an hour watching this. I can't even sit through a TV show. I'm going to sit through an hour of her podcast easily. It's going to fly by. It's going to end and I'm going to be like, what the fuck? That's it? Where'd my hour go? I feel like it's been five minutes. I love her. I love her. And I don't want to hear any Britney slander. I don't. I don't. Don't talk poorly about her. I'm so scared because I've been sending her stuff to my friends lately if one of them says anything bad about her, I will never talk again because, again, I'm her. I'm her. She's me. I get her on a spiritual level. I really do. I'm obsessed with her lately. I really am. I love her. Anyways, next topic. I finished rereading Akatar. And I'm not gonna lie. I thought I'd be more excited about finishing this series because in case you don't know, which I'm sure you do, I read the entire series, loved it. New favorite series for fucking sure. And I was so sad that it was over that I read the whole entire thing again immediately. I didn't even take a break in between. I didn't read another book, nothing. I immediately started reading it again. That's how much I loved that fucking series. And if you're a reader, you know there's nothing better about reading a really amazing book or series, but there's also nothing worse because after you read something really, really good, nothing is good after that. And that was a big reason why I wanted to read it again was to kind of tire myself out on it because I knew that if I read anything after reading that, it was going to disappoint me. 
I've talked about this before. The order in which you read stuff matters. It does, period. Sorry about it. When you read something fucking matters. And so I told myself, you're going to read this again. You're going to get it out of your system. And then we're going to move on. We're going to start Throne of Glass, which is the next series in this like multi-universe that Sarah J. Mass has created. I don't want to start Throne of Glass. Sue me. I don't want to start it. I don't want to read anything. I (laughs) I thought it would help me. I thought rereading it would help me, but I'm just still feeling sad. I've never, I don't think I have ever experienced this with a series before where like, dead ass, I can't move on. I don't want to read anything else. If it's not the inner circle of the night court, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. Sorry. I can't make myself care about it. I don't fucking care. I want Akatar again. I want the Bat Boys. I want the night court. I want my curse breaker. I want my queen of death. I'm sorry. I can't move on. I thought I was better than this. I thought I was stronger than this. I'm not. I'm not. I can't let it go. Okay? Like, I've been trying to tell myself to read today, to just start something, even if it's not Throne of Glass, because Throne of Glass, as I have already talked about, hella, is just such a daunting thing to start. And so I told myself, you know what, maybe that's what it is. Just read something else. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to read anything else. I can't make myself read anything else. I just want more Akatar. That's all I want. <laughs> I'm in love. I'm a love sick puppy. What did the guy say in Pride and Prejudice? Akatar has bewitched me. Is that what he says? I think that's what he says. You have bewitched me. Bewitched doesn't sound right. Bewildered? Bewildered me, heart and soul, and I love you. Hold on, I gotta figure out what that is. Now I'm gonna, that's gonna piss me off. Because I feel I'm wrong, and I know I am. I actually wasn't wrong. It is bewitched. You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I love you. I never wish to be parted from you from this day on. Maybe that's not the line I'm looking for. It's not. It's not. The line that I, in my soul, was thinking was when he says, I love you most ardently. That's, that's how I feel about Akatar. I love it. I love Akatar most ardently. I can't move on. <laughs> oh my fucking god. Like, get a grip, bitch. Get a grip. I can't. I can't. I can't. What do you want me to say? I can't. I'm trying. I can't. I gotta stop talking about this because I know I sound fucking batshit crazy. I just, I never get sick of it, and there's so much you can deep dive in, especially because now we know that this series is not done and more books are going to come out. Like, there's just so much you can talk about, and even reading it for the second time, like, there was so much more that I saw the second time around reading it. Like, I want to be Sarah J. Mass when I grow up. That bitch can write a fucking book, bro. She is such a good author. 
I've been sleeping on her for years. Akatar was really popular like years ago and I refuse to read it because I feel like when things are popularized, they just always disappoint you. Well, guess what? I was wrong. I'm not disappointed in the slightest. I actually can't move on. I can't move on. I can't carry on. How am I supposed to move on? I can't. Sorry, I can't. I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do, but moving on is definitely not an option. All right, I'll never be over it. I can't get over it. I love that series. I want to get a tattoo for it. I know, I know. It's giving fangirl. I am. Call me a groupie. I am. I'm an Akatar groupie. At my core, that's who I am. And they were going to turn this into a show, which I didn't even know, because again, don't watch TV. Very out of touch. But apparently, it was supposed to turn into a series on Hulu, and now they canceled it. The author canceled making it into a television show. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm so glad that it was canceled because I just, I have a really hard time imagining it being good as a show. Like, it will, it will just be really, really, it's gonna take a lot to really make that show what it deserves to be. And I know for a fact that Hulu is not the place that's gonna do it. Absolutely not. Like, who fucking made Game of Thrones? Because that's that's the bitch we need to sign with there. And they probably never will because Akatar is most beloved by women. And anything that women love, no one gives a fuck about. If a man doesn't love it, they don't care about it. They don't give it the time and attention and love that it deserves. And that's actually really frustrating because Akatar is like a cult. It's a cult it has a cult following, and I'm part of it. I'm in the cult. I've joined the cult. I'm in it. It has a cult following. And I'm one of those people. I would spend an ungodly amount of money to watch Akatar. I really would. Okay, let me see. Who created Game of Thrones? Tele it's a television show, right? Oh, I know I'm pissing people off by saying that. It's not a movie, is it? I don't think it is. HBO. HBO needs to create Akatar and turn it into a television show. Sorry. Hulu, you're definitely not giving me the budget that I deserve. I, as if I'm fucking making it, I'm literally not. <laughs> I'm not contributing in any way. I'm just watching it, all right? And I would watch that faithfully. And I'd pay a lot of money for it, too. Hopefully next week, I'll have a new book to talk about. Can everyone just say a silent prayer that... I will move on and read another book and I will actually like it, maybe even. Even if I can't like it, if I could just find it in my soul to move on, that would be great. Because I'm I'm actually a little I'm a little concerned that I won't find it in my soul to move on. <laughs> it's actually a fear. It's a, it's an, a genuine concern. Um next topic. Next thing I want to talk about is I was convinced to get a string of pearls. If you have no knowledge of plants, there are these plants. It's like a family of plants. String of things. There's tons of them. We have the string of pearls, string of hearts, string of turtles. You can look up a picture of them. They're cute. They're pretty plants, but they're very delicate. And I'm a rough ass bitch with literally everything. I break everything I touch. And because of that, I completely convinced myself, gaslit myself into believing that 
the string of things family was ugly and I didn't like them. And then I found a really cute one at Ingalls with Ariana and she convinced me to buy it months ago. I was with Ariana and Steph and I bought it and quickly realized that I loved it and I thought it was so fucking cute and got really obsessed with it. Well, guess what? It's fucking dying. It has root rot. So I'm going to kill myself. No, I'm not. I'm not. I shouldn't say that. I'm not going to do that. Um, it got root rot and I should have known because Ariana told me she watered hers like a couple weeks after we got it and I checked my soil. my, can I speak English? I checked my soil and it was soaking wet and it's still been soaking wet this whole entire time. Like it's not draining properly. Well, finally the top layer of the strings on the plant turned all brown and crispy which is not good in case you were wondering. There's no coming back from that. So I had to chop all the strings off. Thankfully, the ends of the strings are healthy. Um, so I'm going to attempt to propagate them. I have a ton of them because it, it was so big and it was so full and beautiful and drapey and gorgeous. And I should have paid more attention to her and I'm full of regret because now... I'm going to have to try to propagate and I've never propagated a string of things, a string of anything, a string of pearls, a string of turtles, a string of hearts. I've never propped them. I've never even owned one, as I said before. So I am a little nervous. Propagations for me also are so hit or miss. Sometimes they're so successful and beautiful and gorgeous and perfect. Sometimes they are not. <laughs> Sometimes they fail immediately. Um, so we'll see what happens. I got sphagnum moss, which is supposed to be the best for propagating it. I've also never, ever propagated anything with sphagnum moss before, so that's a whole nother element that I am terrified of. But I'm afraid that it is just a risk I am going to have to take because I'm a sucker. I am a sucker at my core, and... I've been sucked in. I like my string of pearls. I love my string of pearls. I love her. And I'm so sad that she's dead. I'm so fucking upset about this. <laughs> I am not okay. I'm not okay. What the fuck, Ingles? How are you going to sell me a string of pearls that has root rot? That's another thing you guys can uh, pray for me about. I need my string of pearls to live. And I need a good book. Desperately. Okay? most ardently. Now I'm just saying that for no reason. Like there was no, there was no need to say that. I'm also drinking tea right now. I'm trying to be a tea drinker because it's just really good for you. And on top of that, it's really good for PCOS. And on top of that, I gave up coffee, which I've talked about before, so we won't get into it again. I'm not really a coffee drinker anymore. I probably have maybe one coffee a year, two coffees a year. And I miss having a little drinky drink. I miss the ritual and the routine of making coffee and having coffee. And so I'm trying to do that with tea and I'm really trying to drink it every night before bed and I am going to bed soon. So that's why I have a nice warm cup of tea, but I want to drink iced tea as well. I just like forgot how good tea is. Like I really appreciate the flavor. If you haven't made a cup of tea in a really long time, highly encourage it because 
good god and you know what I think really triggered this is on my birthday when I had that rose tea I think that's what really triggered me because that rose tea was just so like flavorful and rich and so good and so I started drinking some of the tea that I already had and I was just like wow this is fucking good good as fuck why do I always forget that tea exists and on my tea bag right now it says an attitude of gratitude brings opportunity which is kind of reminiscent of what I talked about um, on the last episode. So we love that. Anyways, I'm going to end it there. Let's hope that this week is a good week. It could really go either way. Like, I can, I can really see it going either way. I can see myself having an amazing week and I can see myself having a horrible week. And hopefully it's not filled with talks of religion and politics. And I don't think I even mentioned this, but the whole reason my grandmother is coming down is because she's going to this religious seminar for like a week with my dad. And then she's coming back here after that. She wasn't planning on coming back here after that at first, but now she is for the full week. So love that for me. I'm hoping that's not going to make it even worse because, you know, like coming off of that seminar, I'm sure they're going to be. Yeah. Do I even? Yeah. <laughs> I need help, so pray for me for many reasons, for all the reasons I talked about. I don't know why I keep saying pray, too, because I don't even pray. Like, I don't know what I mean by that, but send me good vibes. I need them. And I'll see you all next week, hopefully, in a good mood. (laughs) 